0: When you have a society that is deeply pessimistic, we don't support long-term policies as much. We don't support risk-taking. We trust people less. There is just less social cohesion. All because of our perception of how the future is going to unfold. Hey, Raj. Hey, Jean-Louis. Welcome to Hope Punk. So I have a question for you. you got $100 and you have to make a bet. You're betting on how the future is going to look in 50 years. Is it going to be significantly better, significantly worse, or roundabout the same? Where would you put your money? How confident do you feel on that outcome? What about your friends, your family? Where would they bet? Now let me ask you, where would the media industry put their money in that bet?
1: Yeah, it seems clear that regardless of what happens, the media industry is putting all of their money on things are bad today and they're going to be even worse tomorrow. And that leads to so much pessimism that feels informed. But what if there was something we were missing that we should be paying attention to right now? That's what Hope punk is all about. It's
0: about building informed optimism. Behind informed pessimism of here are all the reasons, here are all the thousands of listicles of why the future is going to be terrible, there is a deeper, far more exciting, far more interesting truth, which is that the future is good. That's been the winning winning bet throughout all of history. The future always turns out better. That's what we're here to have the conversation about, about informed optimism to give you real tangible reasons of scientific progress, human progress, human ingenuity, and stories from technology to uncovering new truths to how we're behaving, even just relating to each other differently. Fantastic reasons of why you really should be an informed optimist.
1: Exactly. This is not pie in the sky stuff. This is concrete evidence from science, technology, and the folks building the future. So I'm so excited to co-host this. My name is Raj Singh. And I'm Jean-Louis Rollins. And our
0: mission is to make the world 1% more optimistic. There are two things that we need to do there. Change your perception of what the future looks like, and then inspire and make action happen to create that more optimistic world
1: we have more power than we have ever had as builders and creators and entrepreneurs. Hope Punk is not just about thinking big and thinking about positive ideas, but it is also about removing negative ideas that may be outdated. And it is about taking action, making the world a better place today and also improving it for the future. If you uh, stick with us through the end of this episode, we will teach you how you can turn one minute of your time into a meal to feed somebody that is hungry right now. So please join us on this journey. So I don't know if you've ever had a conversation like this, but I was at a tech
0: event recently and I was kind of doing the rounds, introing, you know, saying hi to people at the event, and uh spoke to one person and say, Hey, how's it going? He said, Oh, you know, just waiting for our AI overlords in a, and I want to stress this non-ironic way. You know, obviously the event was about AI, but this perception that the apocalypse has basically already happened. I'm sure you've had the similar kind of experiences of coming across this deep-rooted pessimism. People are suffering something that hasn't even happened yet.
1: Exactly. I've been part of so many gatherings and, and sometimes even meetings in a business setting where there are a lot of complaints, there are no solutions, and the result is just inaction. It's just about you know well i guess it everything sucks and we, that's it period end of story and the negative thoughts have this power to just sap our energy sap our creative potential and stop us from actually taking that next step so you know if you're driving a car you want to look at the road ahead keeping our eyes on the road is getting harder it seems because of all of the different ways that the media and social media are all trying to steal our attention and direct them towards things that are not right. Yes, there is a lot of that, but that doesn't mean that's all there is in the world.
0: I mean, what we're talking about here is the power of perception. When you have a society that is deeply pessimistic, we don't support long-term policies as much. We don't support risk-taking. We trust people less. There is just less social cohesion, all because of our perception of how the future is going to unfold. Pessimism has a real and very tangible cost today and that is exacerbated over time. That, that, that just pays interest over time. And so dealing with pessimism, you know, at a society level is critical. But then even on a personal emotional level, there are so many people. I mean, this person I spoke to, he is essentially in a stage of grief, about a future that hasn't yet transpired, that might not transpire. It is a form of suffering to imagine and to really fixate and focus on such a negative, possible future that hasn't unfolded. Those feelings of, we call them diseases of despair, this sense of loss, this anxiety. A lot of that is a perceptive reality that is just baked in the story we tell ourselves about the future. And what's remarkable about We have control of every dial. We can change how we see the future if we just choose to.
1: Yeah, I think that that describes the problem of pessimism really well. There is this unseen cost that we are all paying. We have 50,000 thoughts a day if half of them are pessimistic. You know, that is a tremendous cost. And it's interesting to consider now the psychology of pessimism. Why does this happen? We are hardwired to look at negative information and to weigh that significantly more highly because that kept us alive when we were in the savannah, in in the jungles, right? Roaming around and you hear something rustling in the bushes. And that's something you have to pay attention to now. And that is exactly why that negative information works so well in the media environment. You know, we have this availability heuristic, which is a psychological concept of the last number of things that you can recall um, feel like all that exists out there. So if you saw five negative news articles about your country, you just think that your whole country is just absolutely doomed because you that's the you know thing that is most available in your mind. These kinds of things actually exist for a reason in our biology, but they've now been hijacked by the kind of environment that we live in.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I think Hollywood is obviously that the ultimate personification of this, of just like... When was the last time you imagined a future environment on Earth where humans have added to? The environment is better than it ever has been in all of history. Have you ever imagined such a future? I bet you've you've seen plenty of movies about the opposite of that. What about a movie about how we're going to be more emotionally connected or in touch with each other in the future? Could you picture that? So many movies, they portray these fears, these concerns. And that's exactly what you're talking about the availability heuristic. If all we see are the negative stories, it becomes very, very, very effortful to then picture that optimistic future. And so, again, our media has defined how we see reality. As a story that I think encapsulates this so beautifully, it's a terrible but powerful story. There was a construction worker going about his day, you know, I think. Putting some wooden boards in, whatever. He was using a nail gun. Anyway, at some point it was an accident. He shot the nail gun, went straight through his foot. He's screaming in pain. He's, you know, this is this is a problem. They call an ambulance, they come, they start taking him. It's a steel toe cap boot, and it's gone right through the metal. You know, they can't even get the boot off because they need some scissors. So they get to the hospital and he's in so much pain, they give him some opiates to deal with it. They give him some some serious painkillers. They take off the boot eventually and the nail has gone between two of his toes. It never even pierced the skin. But he's been looking at this nail, expecting it to hurt so much. And this is exactly what we're talking about, that pessimism is a form of suffering, because we perceive it as real. We perceive these negative outcomes as real. And so, our job in this conversation is to take the nail out of the boot. And even better, to show you that it was never in your foot in the first place. That's the job of turning pessimism into optimism, of realizing that it's all in your control. And when you change the inputs, you can change the outputs in a very, very, very meaningful way.
1: There is no nail, Neo. (laughs) And, you know, it's, it's so funny, JL, that's exactly the paradox of our times, right? The psychology behind pessimism is very strong. And yet, you know, today we have way better technology, way better, you know, quality of life on average across the entire planet than we have ever had. You know, if you had the option to be born into any decade, if you were going to be born in a random country to a random family, you know, where would you choose to be born? It would probably be today or some sometime in the future, definitely not, you know, 50 years or 100 years ago. So I love that concept of a, of a movie where things turn out quite well. The question is, is that going to drive box office sales? Is that going to drive advertisement? Capitalism does not necessarily reward positive thinking. It it does reward pessimistic visions of the future that might actually get you to pay more attention. So this contrast of the objective improvements that we've experienced as a society with the subjective feelings that we have about those improvements, which are very negative relative to the improvements, that is driving a lot of this pessimism and this cost that we are all paying around it could just be optional. That's the power of Hope Punk.
0: It's such a good point that anger and fear sell. That's a really, really powerful force to contend with. You know, if your attention has been hijacked, then we're going to take it back and we're going to start directing our attention to where it needs to be directed to. And that's really what informed optimism is all about. It doesn't just. Change the outcomes of society in terms of the things we invest in, the things that we choose to do, the way in which we relate to each other. But it's also just a really deeply personal thing, you know. That so in 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 our conversations around optimism, we played around with creating a subreddit called "The Future Is Good." This was a really interesting experiment. We used a lot of AI image generators to create pictures of optimistic futures to kind of create different positive outcomes to help you imagine these positive futures and personally what i found doing that forcing myself to come up with dozens and dozens and dozens of optimistic futures is i found myself feeling a lot happier and a lot more optimistic because i was like wow these things can exist and you know the strangest thing is I came up with a bunch of these ideas, and then I started to see headlines of like, oh my gosh, we've just discovered a new way of decomposing plastics using certain kind of enzymes that we found in bugs, or we've made certain progress in different climate milestones and things. And just, it kind of struck me as like, as we're imagining the future, your attention starts to really become attuned with those positive things. It's this Mark Twain quote that I love, that I've suffered a great many catastrophes in my life. Most of them never happened. That is the embodiment, but the opposite is true too, of we can enjoy a great many triumphs in life, and most of them don't need to have happened yet for us to be, you know, satisfied by them, to to feel better about them, to have that you know, positive experience in them. Informed optimism, it's a state of education, is a state of perspective, but it's also just an emotional state of how do we choose to feel about the world that we live in.
1: Yeah, that Mark Twain quote really illustrates that if you're feeling pessimistic, if you're feeling despair and anxiety, you're probably wrong, because the thing you're anxious about may actually never happen, maybe it won't be as bad. So, you know, if you're going to be wrong anyway, why not choose optimism? Because often we do get what we expect. If you're going to be wrong anyway, choose the the thing that actually makes your experience of this moment so much more powerful and lets you be more creative lets you take more action and inspires you and that power of optimism is something really key that uh, that we can double click on
0: yeah i mean one of the the biggest sources of optimism for me is just to look back at history and think about how some of the most preeminent experts in their fields I mean, they may have been optimistic about the future, but they were miles off from just how optimistic they should have been. Like, they were dead wrong on a lot of things and in in, in a very negative way. I mean, I think eight years before we had airplanes, you know, some of the preeminent experts said, we're never going to have them. You know, we never thought nuclear um, energy was going to be possible. We never thought that computing was going to be what it is. And again, these were some of the world's experts who predicted these things, and they weren't anywhere close to as optimistic as they should have been. And so, you know, I mean, if they could be wrong, if Einstein can be wrong, if, you know, some of the, again, just the, the, the most qualified experts in history could be dead wrong about just how optimistic we should have been, then maybe we could be too.
1: Yeah, like Thomas Watson, I think in the 1940s, estimated the world market for computers to be five computers. I mean, we've got more chips than that just orchestrating this uh, conversation here. When we feel that optimism, we believe in ourselves more, we have more confidence and we become more resilient because the world is volatile, right? One of the byproducts of the insane amount of technological progress and interconnectedness that we currently experience is that, yes, the world is more volatile. You know, if something bad happens in one corner of the world, the whole world knows about it and it can even impact other people in other areas really quickly. Developing and cultivating resilience against All of the things that make us fragile as humans is so important and optimism is a very powerful drug that can actually change your entire experience of life. You know, you can get it by cultivating these practices because whether you think you can or you think you can't, you are right. That is something that Henry Ford said. If you think you can create a better future for yourself, for your family, for your loved ones, you're right. And if you think that that is not available to you, you are also correct. So why not give yourself permission to think about what is the most incredible version of society and community around you in 10 years? And how do we start today planting the tiny seeds that end up growing into that beautiful future that we can accomplish together? Yeah, I think coming back to that bet
0: that you would place on the future, it's really a simple question of would you trade the problems of today for the problems of the future? coming back to, if you look throughout history, take any moment in history, what are the chances that someone would trade the problems of the past for the problems of today? Almost unilaterally, they would come here in a heartbeat, in an absolute heartbeat. It's so easy to forget just how much suffering there was. Not that long ago, you know, one, two, three generations ago, life was radically different for so, so, so many people.
1: Exactly. I think it's a no-brainer that, you know, if you're faced with the problem of not having clean water and just drinking water and that having killed you, right, which was a real possibility as as recently as like 100 years ago for, for some uh, people on the planet, versus the problem of... Hmm, how should we design the super intelligence that we are creating with AI? You know, objectively, the AI problem, it is bigger, yes, in some ways, um, but it is a champagne problem. It's a great problem to have relative to, oh, I don't have drinking water and just like tomorrow might be my last day on the planet.
0: Yeah, you know, what's funny is that I remember seeing... Uh, this letter that someone wrote in ancient Greece lamenting about children these days. And, you know, <laughs> it's just, there's, there's noise and then there's meaning. And the noise does not necessarily equal meaning there. You know, we've been saying these things a lot. But, you know, I mean, I would argue a lot of kids these days are doing remarkable, remarkably, really, really inspiring stuff. So, if you've listened this far, congrats. You're already well on your way to becoming an informed optimist. Stay tuned. There's a lot more good stuff to come. And if you have a particularly pessimistic friend, maybe do them a favor, send this to them. You might just make their day.
1: Exactly, and uh, you could even do us one better. For the first 500 people that review Hope Punk on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify, Jean-Louis and I will be donating a meal on your behalf to somebody in need. We want you to feel the power of how your small actions can actually create a better world today, and, and who knows where that leads in the future. Please do us a favor and you know help somebody out, leave a review on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify for Hope Punk.
0: And this is really the beginning of a much larger experiment in again, how do we change perceptions, but really also how do we create that action to make the world more optimistic? It's going to be really fun to see just how much change we can make, just how much action can we actually take. You know, if you have to describe Hope Punk to your friends, you can call it Ghostbusters for Pessimism. Every episode, we're going to take out some of your biggest existential fears until all that's left is a good dose of optimism. So appreciate you being here.
1: Yeah, we're excited to have you on board for the journey.
0: We'll see you next time.